Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Max Danielson Show. I'm your host, Max Danielson. Now, I'm not going to have a guest on today uh, just because didn't really uh, have a guest in mind, didn't really have a guest planned, but uh, the hope is next time or next episode, which will be episode 46, we'll have another guest. So today kind of going old school, riding solo and just uh, talking about some things. And especially, I think this is a great time for me uh, to be able to do so and talk specifically um, about these and kind of to state how I feel about some things um, with what's been going on in the sports world. Because there's a lot of things that I have to say um, regarding the recent events that have been happening around professional sports. Um, so starting off, first of all, um, we're gonna str- we're just going to get straight into it. That kind of happened uh, when this podcast goes up. This happened on Wednesday, um, which was that James Harden pretty much had a divorce from the Houston Rockets. And pretty much we, we heard that there were going to be trade rumors uh, in the offseason before we got into the season that he, want, that he wanted to go team up, uh, go possibly to the 76ers, that Westbrook wanted out. Uh, well, Westbrook w- uh, did end up going to Washington. However, Harden did stay. He tried to see um, what could possibly happen. But pretty much he said, I can't do it anymore with this team. And uh, he pretty much told the Rockets that he wants out. And they found a trade for him uh, going to the Brooklyn Nets. Now, for what the, for what the Nets gave for Harden, I would say it far outweighs what they're getting in return. They gave away four first-round picks and four draft pick draft swaps. Essentially, what that means is that if a team has, a, if the the Nets are in a particular seed, uh, now the Rockets will be able to swap a pick with them. They'll have four pick swaps with that. Um, here's the thing about this pick because it really is an interesting. It's an interesting trade to say the least because this is going to go one of two ways. Number one, the most optimistic way is that this is going to be the super team out of the East that's going to go straight to the finals, especially now that you have a healthy Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, uh, really has, you know, kind of a, a different feel and a different surrounding for him. And then having a, I mean, just a, a great overall veteran who is one of the best scorers in the league, James Harden on the team. Uh, I mean, you got right there a a terrific three right there you got James Harden now you have Kevin Durant and James Harden back together as teammates and then you also add Kyrie Irving to the mix uh this could be a great team now now here is the side that I personally think is going to happen when you look at these three guys the one thing that pops into my mind is that they're all scorers they are ball dominant players Kyrie's a ball dominant player James Harden's a ball-dominant player. Kevin Durant's a ball-dominant player. You have three ball-dominant players on your team, and now you're going to have to split the share of the the looks and the shots by three ways, including the rest of the team, by the way. Um, So you you got a lot to deal with on this team. And really, this gives me kind of vibes of, if you remember that Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce trade, that really began the Celtics uh, rebuild, and that's how they got you know Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, um, Jalen Brown, all these guys onto their team. So this could be the same way for Houston, and especially um, I will say this, and I'll go back onto the Harden trade um, after I say this. The Rockets, though, they did go out and go get someone, uh, being Victor Oladipo. 
Um, and then, of course, they gave up uh, Karis LeVert. But, I mean, Oladipo, a lot of rumors have came that he really wanted out of Indiana. Then he came back saying, I, this is my place. Indiana is where I want to be. And pretty much everyone kind of knew he wanted out. So Houston takes kind of their new shooting guard. And this is really the start that Houston needs again. Um, but going back on to that Harden trade, this trade is going to work out in one of that two ways. It's either going to work out really good or this is going to be another failure of the Brooklyn Nets. Because I just don't see... Because they're both... And they both, all three, have big egos too. Um, even though Kevin Durant's a very humble guy. Don't get me wrong. Um, and Kyrie, I imagine, is humble. James Harden, same thing. But you take a look at what they bring, what they are on the court. They are, they're divas on the court. I mean, pretty much. Um, you have Kevin Durant who first and foremost, you know, a few years ago, they 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 lost in the conference finals and he pretty much went and joined the team that beat him. So you got that personality. Then you have Kyrie Irving, who a lot of people, excuse me, voice crack there. Um, you have a lot of people that say that Kyrie um, is either a cancer or he's a really great person. Um, so I could see that coming into the mix too. And then you have James Harden, who literally just had a full-ass divorce from the Houston Rockets. So you're going to have all three of these personalities on the team. I just don't see that that meshing together very well. Of course, you have three of the best players in the league undoubtedly on your team. You're going to be a force to be reckoned with. However, how they all band together, that's going to be something that I don't know how it's going to work. You know, you take a look at when Kyrie was on the Cavs, how a Kyrie, a LeBron, and a Kevin Love worked. I mean, you have the best player in the league, undoubtedly LeBron James on your team. And Kyrie at that point was the sidekick to LeBron James, if you remember that. He wasn't really, he wanted to go to the Celtics to be to rule his own team. And then you also have Kevin Love, who, I mean, he's still, man, I pray for Kevin Love at this point because he, he just is not, I mean, he's kind of stuck. He really is stuck, but he was that third option for that team. And Really, on the Brooklyn Nets right now, you have three number one options. I don't know how that's going to mesh. That's going to have to be something, how that all plays out. And I'm just I'm just going to say, I, I, I don't know how to see this working. I don't know how to see this working. Um, but moving on to baseball. So big news broke also in the baseball world with, uh, as I would say, baseball royalty passing away of Tommy Lasorda. Um, man. I remember being at the Adrian Beltre retirement ceremony and he was there. That was the only time I ever got to like see Tommy Lasorda in person. Now, from what I've heard, everyone loved Tommy Lasorda. He was a people's man. I mean, he he was such a charismatic guy. And I mean, players loved him. Coaches loved him. Everyone liked him. It, everyone just loved being around Tommy Lasorda and just... The, the respect that he gained from baseball and the community of baseball is just remarkable because of just how much he meant not only to the game of baseball, but especially the Los Angeles Dodgers franchise. So it, I, when I saw this news, I was shocked because um, he's kind of one of the guys that you're like, wow, like one of the best known in baseball is has now passed away. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable that a few years ago, I mean, I saw this guy in person, of course, from a far away distance. I wasn't like, I wasn't shaking his hand or anything like that. But still, um, it, it, it's very, very um, overwhelming to, to hear that. So, of course, prayers up for uh, the Lasorda family, the Dodgers organization, and all of Major League Baseball. Now, 
going on before I kind of get to the big trade uh, in Major League Baseball that happened this past week, uh, I want to go to the White Sox, who have just secured a, a major, major piece to their bullpen. That being undoubtedly the great, the best reliever in baseball right now, Liam Hendricks. Now, if you remember his time on the athletics, he was just dominant for them. Now, being on the athletics, here's the thing about the athletics, all right? And if, you, if you've seen the movie Moneyball, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They don't have much money in ownership. Um, management doesn't give much money to go out in free agents. So you have a guy, think about Ioannis Cespedes, they couldn't end up paying him. I mean, this is probably going to happen to Matt Olson, Matt Chapman when their contracts are up because they just don't have the money to re-sign those guys. You think back in 2003 when they lost Johnny Damon um, and all those guys, and they had to replace him with Scott Hatterberg. Um, there, there's a lot of things in Oakland, and especially Liam Hendricks, I mean, being the best reliever in baseball, he was on a team that, don't get me wrong, the Athletics have always been a very solid team. They're always that dark horse team that kind of just comes out of the blue. Um, but at the same time, now he's with the Chicago White Sox, and they are just an exciting team to watch. You have, I mean, just the young core of not only Eloy Jimenez, you have Luis Robert, you also have Tim Anderson. Um, you have a great pitching staff as well. Uh, Zach Wheeler on the team. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Keichel is there too. I want to make sure on that as well. But, I mean, you take a look. I mean, that's a that's a great starting rotation for them, too. Um, I'm probably even missing some more. I mean, heck, you got Lucas Gilito, uh, Michael Kopech also on that team. Uh, but, yeah, so Dallas Keuchel is still on the Chicago White Sox. And now you add this big bullpen piece who um, was voted by MLB as the best reliever in baseball. You, you add such a humongous piece to your bullpen. And whenever he's on the bump, your team had – because how – and I'll say this because my, my pitching coach at Austin College, shout out to Coach Counts, he told me this piece of advice, and I've kind of looked at baseball a little bit different. He said, the best pitchers aren't the guy, aren't your starters. They're kind of like a wide receiver. You just let them run. You know, you're, you're number one reliever out of the bullpen. Your best reliever, that is your best pitcher on the team because when shit gets real, they're going to be the one to just go at it. They're going to be the one to go at it. And just kick ass while they're doing it. And that's what Liam Hendricks does every single time he's on the bump. So this is a great signing uh, by the Chicago White Sox. Now, moving on to what you've probably heard around baseball. If, you're, if you follow baseball, the big trade uh, between the Cleveland Indians and the New York Mets, which essentially sent Lindor or Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco uh, to the Mets for some pretty uh, decent prospects now. I'm not going to really go over the Indians because the Indians are right now about to go into a rebuild. You think of the guys who they've traded over the past year and a half, I believe. You got Lindor, Carrasco, Bauer. Um, who's the guy that we, why can't I think? Corey Kluber. Um, I mean, shoot, you also have uh, Sunshine. What? What's his, Mike Clevenger. I mean, you have a lot of guys in this organization that have been traded. And really, the Indians are really... Sorry, not the Indians anymore. The Cleveland baseball team, whenever they re-get, whenever they figure out their name, um, they're going into rebuild. So I don't want to focus on that. I want to go on to the New York Mets. Because right now the Mets are in a, in a very, very interesting situation. Of course, they're always going to be the Mets. They're always somehow going to disappoint. That's the one thing about the Mets. But right now you have one of the best shortstops in the game on your team now. And a guy that, I mean, just brings energy to baseball. He's going to pair really, really well. Um, with Pete Alonzo, 
And I think this could really, really be, I think this is a great trade for the Mets. Now, even so, going on to that second part of this trade, Carlos Carrasco. I think if Carlos Carrasco bounces back, this could be one of the most valuable guys in that entire trade, right? Let's say if somehow Lindor doesn't, let's say somehow Lindor doesn't bounce back. You have a guy that's recovering and who has had, who has had to battle some injuries recently. Uh, Carlos Carrasco could be that guy that really, um, if he gets his feet back under him, he's going to be great. And especially he's paired up with some great, great pitchers. Noah Syndergaard, uh, DeGrom. I mean, you got a lot of pitchers in that organization that are really going to get the job done along with him. And especially... Not, not even so talking about their bullpen. They have a very solid bullpen too. So I'm excited to see what the New York Mets do this season, how it all plays out for Francisco Lindor. Uh, I think it's going to play out well for him. Really the big question in this trade right now is Carlos Carrasco. Now, going on to college football, Alabama wins the national championship game against uh, Ohio State. Now, first and foremost, I just want to talk about Mac Jones and Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith showed why he's going to be, the, why he is the Heisman, and he's going to be a very, very high pick in the NFL draft. Now, the problem with Devontae Smith, I think he's going to struggle in the league, and I, I've even talked to multiple guys about this. It's the fact he needs to put on some weight. He He's a 6'1 receiver. He doesn't, like, he. don't get me wrong, he's probably strong. He, he's strong as hell, all right? He's a Division One football player, but at the same time, if you look at him, he's a very, very scrawny dude. He's a very scrawny dude. But just the upside that this guy has, you put a little bit of muscle on him, he is going to be one of the best receivers, not only that we're going to see out of this draft, but maybe we see in the next few years. And then, of course, Mac Jones, who came into Bama out of Tua and really has had himself a year. I, I can see this guy being, I mean, he's not going to be the Trevor Lawrence. He's not going to be the Justin Fields of the draft. But I can see Mac Jones being a very, very valuable quarterback that's going to be on a lot of teams' radars whenever uh, he goes into the draft. Now, along with this, Bama also signed a guy by the name of Bill O'Brien. If you remember, if you know who Bill O'Brien is, you remember the whole thing and the whole escapade that happened with the Houston Texans. Uh, pretty much getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins and pretty much setting a dumpster fire off in the Houston Texans organization. Now, Here's the good news about for Bill O'Brien. Now, he's being uh, hired as an offensive coordinator, which I think is the best role that he could have gone in. But especially, Nick Saban is known for turning around coaches. So this could be extremely beneficial for Bill O'Brien's career. Will, it, will, will Nick Saban be able to turn around Bill O'Brien? We'll have to see about that. But I think that personally, this could be a really, really great thing, not only for Alabama, but also uh, if Saban could turn Bill O'Brien's career back around. Um, I think this is a great opportunity for that. And speaking of uh, the counterpart to that championship game being Ohio State, the Jaguar, the Jacksonville Jaguars hired the former Ohio State coach, Urban Meyer, um, to a mega contract uh, for his coaching abilities. Now, the question really becomes, and this will really all have to play out on draft night, uh, is will now that the Jaguars have Urban Meyer as their head coach, will they now go for Justin Fields with that Ohio State connection? And I could see them doing this. Um, not only because the fact that uh, Justin Fields raised his draft stock in that championship game, he played a great game nonetheless. Disregarding the, the loss, he played extremely well too. Um, but at the same time, 
You know, I think this could be something that Urban Meyer is telling uh, the front office, hey, this guy knows my play style. And, or he knows the Ohio State play style. This could be a guy that I can work with. Um, and I think that if the Jaguars want to appease Urban Meyer, I, think, I, I truly think that Urban Meyer wants to draft Justin Fields. I think he does. Don't get me wrong. Trevor Lawrence is a great quarterback and should be the number one overall pick. But I can also see the Jaguars pulling the trigger on Justin Fields. Now, sticking with the NFL and going on really to the final topic. You remember that last Eagles game. Down by three, Jalen Hurts was playing great. They pull him. And a lot of players got up in arms about that. There were some reports that a couple players were going to fight him, but those died down. Those weren't uh, very true. But a lot of players were pissed off about that. And a lot of people were saying that Doug Peterson's job was safe. But then there became rumors that he was out of the job and that his job was on the line and all this. And there was a big meeting. And sure enough, now the Eagles fire, fired Doug Peterson. Um, I think this was ha- I think this was coming for Doug Peterson. Now, here's the good news for Doug Peterson because I think when you look at all the vacant head coaching spots, Doug Peterson is going to be one of the top guys. I think so. I don't think he's just going to not have a job next year. I think he will have a job. I think he'll easily find a job. I could see him finding a job uh, this next week. Heck, it could be. Because this episode is recorded on this past Thursday. It could be Friday or Saturday before this podcast goes up. That Justin Field, or why am I saying Justin? Doug Peterson. Sorry, I'm looking at my script a little bit. And I got, because the name Doug Peterson and Justin Fields are very close together. Anyway, it's not the point. I could see Doug Peterson, though, getting a job in the uh, as a head coach very, very soon. Where it'll be to, who the heck knows. Um, I forget where... I was watching the Pat McAfee podcast, and they were talking about that he's got a connection with someone. I feel like it was Indiana, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, and then finally, the last bit of sports we're going to talk about today uh, is that the NHL is back in play. Um, now becomes the question: Who's going to win the pup? Who's going to go to the cup? Now, personally, I can tell you from the Western Conference, I think it's going to be the Colorado Avalanche. I think the Colorado Avalanche are just a soft. Now, I know they lost to the St. Louis Blues the other day, but guess what? It's game one of the year, okay? What what the Colorado Avalanche have on their team is, is just phenomenal. They really do have a great team, whether or not you believe that. Um, I mean, they have Nathan McKinnon, or Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, um, I know I'm missing Kale McCarr, who's becoming one of the best defensemen in the league. They got a lot of talent on this team, and they're always a very solid team. Um, if they could, if they stayed healthy last year, they could have easily made a run for that cup and knocked out the Dallas Stars. But of course, but of course, remember how the Dallas Stars played out with that. Now, going into the Eastern Conference, a lot of people may think that I think that it's going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. But of course, you have Kucherov that's now going to be out. That's going to be a humongous blow to them. Now, he may return for playoffs. That They haven't ruled that out yet. But the odds of him going back to that elite play at that time, I don't see that happening. But one team that I think is going to be very underrated this year, um, a lot of people know they're good. But I think the Philadelphia Flyers have their chance at a Stanley Cup contention. Now, remember a long time ago that the Flyers were a big, big player or a big uh, contender. Um for the Stanley Cup just over a decade ago. But right now, I mean, they they really have um, 
they have a great I would say they have a very very solid um a very solid rotation to say the least for it of course you have Claude Giroux um who's going to be I mean he's still I wouldn't say he's where he used to be by any means necessary um but at the same time you also have um the guys around him. you have Carter you have Hart um yeah uh you have a uh, Voracek you have Konasi uh, um you have most of these guys and sorry if I'm butchering any of these names I'm trying to make sure that I have all my information correct on the Philadelphia Flyers because as you can tell um I'm not really uh sorry it's Carter Hart my bad um let me just make sure I have this correct Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, you have Carter Hart. You have Ivan Provov. Um, you have Claude Giroux. You have, uh, you have Travis Cornacy. You have uh, Jacob Voracek. I mean, you have a lot of guys on this team that are going to be very, very solid for the Flyers. So I could see the Flyers coming out and being uh, kind of the, the, represent, the representative of the Eastern Conference. Between those two teams, I still think the Colorado Avalanche are going to win a Stanley Cup this year. I think they will. I think now is the time for the Colorado Avalanche to win. I think their window is right now to win. Um, but I'm excited to see not only how they do, but how my Dallas Stars do. I could say, I know the Dallas Stars are going to make this, the playoffs. How far they make it, I don't know. There's just a lot of if ands, or buts about that team. Um, but that's going to do it for the sports uh, side. I'm going to take a very quick commercial break, and then after this, I'm going to uh, talk about some of my thoughts um, about the current times. I never thought I'd have to make another one of these, but here we are. So, yeah, we will be right back after this quick commercial break. The Max Danielson Show is proud to announce Gage's Granite as an official sponsor for the Saturday podcast. Gage's Granite is a family-run company operating nearby in the Dallas Metroplex. They offer custom granite, travertine, onyx, and marble countertops to homeowners and businesses since 2000. Give them a call today at 972-243-6097 or visit gagesgranite.com or on Facebook and Twitter. You can also stop by the main showroom located at 2427 Glenda Lane in Dallas. Gages Granite, a proud sponsor of the Max Danielson Show. Hey guys, this is Jason with Lacrosse Monkey. Are you looking for a place to shop for your next athletic season? Monkey Sports is here to help. Whether you're looking for baseball, hockey, or lacrosse gear, if you can dream it, we've got it. We provide both the latest and best on the market equipment for your athlete. Stop by and visit us at 105 West Bethany Drive, right off of US 75 in Allen. Monkey Sports, a proud sponsor of the Max Danielson Show. Oh boy, here we are. So, if you didn't, if you don't want to talk about politics at all, I hate talking about politics, but I need to address this, all right? Um, six months ago, about six months ago, or about half a year ago, we had this problem. If you remember episode 30, when we talked about kind of the, the all that was going around at the time, the whole George Floyd incident which is absolutely terrible. All of the Black Lives Matter movement, 
the riots, the protests, all of these things, right? This was only half a year ago, and here we are, the same damn thing. The same damn thing. I don't know how to say this, and I'm just going to start off on this matter. What happened last week was completely wrong. It was idiotic. It was fucking idiotic by Republicans to do that. Idiotic. It's absolutely idiotic for Republicans to do that. And especially just what all happened. Storming the White House. Storming the Capitol. Doing all this crap for what? To debate an election. I get it. I get it. There's a lot of controversy with elections, okay? I'm not saying that there hasn't been anything. And I'm not saying there was. But to go about it like that is ridiculous. It, it, it's honestly, it's embarrassing. Here's the thing. I'm an independent party voter, all right? I lean more towards conservative sides by all means necessary, but I'm an independent voter. Because I just hate the parties. I hate it. I hate the parties. If I was, a, and I know so many Republicans who are ashamed of what happened. But here's my point, right? I don't want to talk about that. Well, actually, I do want to talk about that, but I don't want to go full on that, all right? Because there's a lot of things in this whole mess that is just hypocritical. Because here's the deal, all right? Both sides are hypocrites. Yes, I'm going to say that. Both sides are hypocrites. Both sides are hypocrites. The riots that happened are June. If you realize, if you go back to episode 30, I actually deleted um, a major part of that, of that episode, which was discussing all the riots and the protests and all that. And in that, I mean, it was almost like they, that we were allowing the riots to happen in a way. And here's the thing. They say that rioting is the form of the is a form of protest of the unheard voice. But let me ask you this, right? Let me ask you this. So does two wrongs make a right? No, it doesn't make a wrong. And that's the problem with the parties at this point. Because both sides are hypocrites. One side's finger pointing at the other side saying, oh, they're terrorists and all this. And the other side's pointing back at them and saying, oh, they're terrorists. And no one's owning up to the fact that both of them are wrong in that matter, okay? I don't have a problem with the movement that happened, all right? That's not my problem because in all honesty, it had genuine intention, the movement. The Black Lives Matter movement had good intentions. It's the problem about the organization. Now, another reason of that episode 30 that I got rid of is because I talked about donating. Here's the thing. I didn't do my research beforehand. I didn't know where that money was going. After I released that episode, I was like, where the hell is this money even going, right? It's not even going to the movement. It's not even going to the movement. That's the thing. The problem with this whole thing is that it's finger pointing on both parties and no one's being the bigger person. That's the problem with America right now. That's the problem with America. No one wants to be the bigger person. Every single person, every single party member wants the last laugh. The Republicans want the last laugh. The Democrats want the last laugh. I don't get it. If this is what you want to happen for the rest of due time, it's going to happen like that until some until both sides understand, hey, you know what? We're both fucking up. We're both wrong about shit. We're not right. No one's right. 
No one is right in this matter. They weren't right in June. They aren't right now. They aren't. If you believe they're right, that's the problem. That's the problem. Because if you have any common sense, you realize both are wrong. Burning down buildings, burning down small businesses, ruining livelihoods of citizens of your own state, that's wrong. Breaking into the Capitol building, putting lot, jeopardy of lives of congressmen and women in there, that's wrong. Both sides are wrong in that matter. And who's there to blame? Who do we have to blame? Ourselves? We're merely just pawns in this whole thing. We really are if you think about it. It's really the parties that are fucking up America and tearing it apart bit by bit. Whether you realize it or not. There's one extremist side that wants Trump and the other one that says orange man's bad. Here's the thing, all right? And I'm going to stand by this. If you think Trump is the answer to your problems in America, you're an idiot. But if you think Joe Biden's the, the answer to your problems, you're an even bigger idiot. And I'm not saying because that I voted for one party over the other, that's why I'm saying it. That's not the case. It's saying if you think Trump is the answer, you're completely wrong. Okay, sure. Has he done something good with the economy? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I will admit that, all right? I'll admit that. But he's also shit on the entire United States. He's shit on the entire United States. He's made this whole side mad. He's made people of ethnicity mad. He's made other countries mad. He is literally, and, and I'm not going to blame him, okay? I can, I'm both going to and not going to blame him about the whole COVID pandemic. I won't blame him because it's the first time in, in our lifetime that we've experienced something like this. But I am going to blame him because he puts so many lives at stake. Now I get it. Okay? Shutting down the economy just in general, right? Just a complete shutdown. That's not going to happen, right? That's dumb just to, to shut down the entire economy. Because if you shut down the economy, all things are going to go to fucking shit. All things are going to go to shit. Whether you realize that or not, okay? Everything's going to go to shit if you just shut down the economy, right? At this point, who do you blame? You blame U.S. politicians. You blame U.S. politicians. Because at this point, they're merely just using us for their political agenda. No one cares. If you think about it, do you really think the do you okay, let me ask you on both sides, right? For Republicans. Do you think that Trump really cares about y'all and Democrats, right? Do you think they really care about you? They don't. All they care about is power, right? I forget where it is. I think I even mentioned this back in June of that Joker quote that it talks about greed and power and that that entraps people. Because that's exactly what's happening. It's exactly what's happening. They're using votes for their power. They don't care. They don't care about you. They don't give a fuck. They really don't. If you think they give a fuck, <laughs> you may wanna you may wanna rethink that. Because they really don't. If they gave a fuck, you think 
one of the parties would have said, you know what, we're going to be the bigger man here, and we're going to figure out a way to end this. Petitions aren't going to make this shit end. Emily posting something on her Instagram story isn't going to make it end. People flying around Trump flags aren't going to make it end. It's not going to end like that. It's both sides agreeing the fact and having some common fucking sense that shit's fucking wrong in the world. That shit is fucking wrong. And that, you know what? We're both wrong in our own ways, all right? There's some things we're right on, but there's also some things we're wrong on. I think that's why you get rid of the, the party system in America, right? I've, I've told people, I've told people that's one of the things that's tearing apart America. And all we have to blame is U.S. politicians for that. U.S. politicians have single-handedly fucked up politics. Realistically, we haven't had a great president since John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy. I would put the argument in for George H.W. Bush because I didn't. I don't have a problem with George H.W. Bush. But a lot of people, the general public agrees that the last best president was John F. Kennedy. And we know what happened to him, unfortunately. Especially even being in Dallas. I hate, you, you, you probably know, especially if you follow me on Twitter, I hate politics. I like some stuff about politics, but I'm never going to talk about politics, right? I'm never going to talk about politics. I know there are two people, like one of my baseball buddies was the same way as me, right? But just a different party vote. We both agreed that both people, both of the, the, the candidates for the U.S. presidency are shit. Neither of them are better. Neither of them are better. You just go with your political views, which is, again, why the political party's bad. Because a lot of times you see a, a majority, a very large majority of votes are specifically because of what party they belong to. You get rid of that party system. Now people actually got to focus on what fucking values a candidate has. That's your answer to America right there. It's not about fixing the parties. It's not about having more parties. It's about single-handedly just getting rid of the fucking parties just in general. Because if you get rid of that, then you don't have people that are just voting just to vote for their party. Instead, you have people that are, okay, well, what's this presidential candidate's views? What's the other one? How do they differ from each other? You think that most Americans actually do that? Hell, half the people that voted for Biden didn't even know what the fuck Biden's policies were. I will say that, all right? I don't like Trump. In fact, I, I really don't like Trump. But I do not at all stand for what Biden likes. I just don't. I just don't. I just don't. And I know my family, they, they voted for Biden. I voted for Trump, all right? I will say that, and I'll say it with my chest. That doesn't mean I agree with every single political view that he has. It's that you you see that you they have more of your political because there are, I I heck there were some pol political views that Joe Biden has that I had all right I will agree, but it's okay. Which presidential candidate, even though they're both shit, even though they both suck ass, has more of my political views? And as a conservative, Trump has more of those. Hell. I wish I could have voted for a Democratic Party. I really do. I really wish that the Democrats nominated someone better. But here's the problem. There wasn't anyone better. There was no one better from the Republican Party. It's just fucked up in general. And that's U.S. politicians for you right there. 
I hope I don't have to make another video of this. Hell, I fucking hate talking about this. I hate talking about this shit because it's annoying. It's it, it, it's a constant, never-ending thing. When can we all just get along? All right, that's my that's my question, right? When can we just say, you know what? Agree to disagree. Because now you have people that are ending friendships, relationships. Hell, my sister told me that she was ashamed to be even related to me that I voted Trump. By the way, my sister's 15, or my sister just turned 17. So she didn't even fucking vote. Let's get that straight. All right. My parents, on the other hand, they were accepting of it. My parents are better off with that. Though, I will say, they do some shit too. They say some shit too. And what pisses me off. When it comes to politics, I don't really give a fuck. I don't give a fuck who you are. Right? If you have some common sense, and if you actually know what the fuck you're talking about, that's a different story. But once you just start blabbering shit on and on, and I'm not going to say who, because I know someone who does that. I know someone who does that. I know a couple people that do that. And it's fucking annoying because it's like, how the fuck can you even think that? It's like, oh my God. Oh man. I don't know. You, you, can, you can agree with me, you can disagree with me, right? But that's my opinion upon the matter. Both to, And to recap that all, both sides are fucking wrong, all right? I'm not saying the Republicans are right. I'm not saying the Democrats are right. Both are wrong, all right? It's that simple. It's that simple. Neither party's right. Until both of them decide to be bigger people and stop finger pointing at the other one, that's when we're going to figure out shit in America. Until then, I mean, shit, we're going to see the same thing. You've seen it. Years in a row. That shit like that comes up. It's not just by coincidence. It happens. Because neither side can take responsibility. Neither of them can. Neither can. That's all I'm going to say about it. That's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Max Danielson Show. Thank you all for listening. I'm not, I, I, I don't even want to say, I don't even want to say my, my catchphrase at this point. Because, oh, America just pisses me off. Both sides piss me off. This is why I'm an independent voter. So, yeah. We'll see you next episode. Take care, y'all.